Welcome to the UC Berkeley Data Science Education Podcast. We're happy you're listening in today. In this space, you'll hear from a variety of distinguished data science educators and professionals. The individuals we'll speak with are diverse in experience and perspective, but share the common goal of shaping the future of data science education. Our idea is to have some informal conversations with the goal of creating community and let people hear from practitioners in this growing new field. My name is Eric Van Dusen from Data Science Undergraduate Studies in the Division of Computing, Data Science, and Society at UC Berkeley, and I'll be leading our conversation today. And my name is Kalechi Nebadam, also from Data Science Undergraduate Studies. I'm working as an intern with the division's external pedagogy team, and I'll be helping out today too. Hey, everybody. Today we have uh, Vic Gopal and David Chu from the National University of Singapore, who were really generous hosting me uh, uh, about a month ago when I went and had a visit and was really exciting to um, hear about their program. So could you guys give us a brief introduction of yourselves and what's currently going on? Hi, Eric. Thank you for inviting us to the to the, to the podcast. Uh, my name is Vic. I did my PhD in statistics in Gainesville, Florida, go Gators. Uh, and then I came back to Singapore and spent a couple of years working at IBM. And then I joined NUS. So I've been here about close to 10 years. And uh, what I've recently been working on is I've been teaching a couple of classes on data science. One of them is called uh, visualization. Uh, nominally, it's a class on visualization, but essentially it's the first class where the students get introduced to R. So they learn how to manipulate data, uh, explore data, and, and visualize it. Um, the other class that I mainly teach is a class called Data Science in Practice. And I guess we'll talk about that uh, in one of the, the later questions. Okay. Um, but what I've currently been working on, so in the past few years, um, since the class size was growing a lot for the visualization, what I spent a lot of time doing was trying to write an autograder. Uh, I heard about how Eric uh, and his team, you guys use the auto grader, right? So I haven't checked it out yet, but uh, I spent some time working on an auto grader because I wanted to quickly grade scripts and give students feedback. I wanted a certain flexibility instead of just asking them to, to, to return uh, fixed answers or fixed set of code. I wanted a flexibility of generating metrics on the code that they write, uh, making sure that they're having good practice, not using too many for loops when they shouldn't and so on. Um, that's one of the things I've been working on. It's, it's an R package that is out there, um, but it still needs a lot of work, although I still use it every semester. Uh, but right now, it's basically something that I know how to use, but nobody else does, even though I documented it, right? It's, it has its quirks that only I know about, but it has helped me tremendously. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is David Chu. So I, I did my PhD in um, uh, applications of... Um, uh, probability in uh, genomic uh, sequence analysis. So uh, that, that was in Singapore. After that, I went to uh, USC, uh, Southern California, to do my postdoc with uh, Mike Waterman uh, in uh, computational biology. So I came back to Singapore in, uh, I think that was like 12 to 13 years ago, I joined the depart department. And uh, for the first few years of my um, teaching career in um, in in uh, NUS, I've been teaching uh, mainly uh, uh, you know lower level uh, probability and statistics class, 
and then uh, probably about two years ago, I started teaching a, a university-wide uh, data literacy course. So this is a course that is designed designed to be taken by uh, almost all freshmen in in the university. So the aim is to uh, introduce them to uh, quantitative uh, concepts. So you can think of it as um, you know a statistical uh, introductory statistical class in in um, you know for for the freshmen. Uh, but yet, at the same time, we didn't want to, um, you know, teach it at the same level of rigor as a stats major or math major. So uh, we wanted to give uh, freshmen, uh, you know, uh, who don't major in, in, in a quantitative uh, area, some uh, basic ideas about you know, what you should be looking for when dealing with data. So we also um, try to teach uh, these uh, freshmen some practical data handling skills. Uh, no coding involved. Uh, we use uh, Excel because that's friendly to everyone. And then we use a, a very uh, nice uh, R-Shiny package uh, called Radiant that allows students to do quite a, quite a bit of stuff, uh, which is based on uh, the Tidyverse package in, in R. So uh, so that's that's one thing that I've been doing. I, I manage a team of, um, together with a few, few other colleagues, a team of um, 14 full-time uh, TAs. So we teach... Uh, about 3,000 uh, students every uh, semester. So this semester is a little bit lesser, it's only 2,005. <laughs> and uh, so that's that's one class I've been teaching. And then another class that I teach is uh, not as big, but it's still uh, pretty uh, big. It's about five to 600 students. Uh, it's a service course in statistics and probability for computer science students. So I've been working with another colleague to uh, make this a blended course. Uh, so that's one thing I'll probably talk a little bit more um, later. So what I, I like to do during the summer is I'm actually involved in a uh, research program for undergraduates uh, at the Institute of Mathematical Sciences in uh, in, in NUS. It is actually jointly uh, organized with uh, the Institute of Pure and Applied uh, Mathematics at UCLA. So we have uh, students uh, you know, joining in for a uh, nine-week period and we have industry people uh, giving the students a uh, you know a practical problem to work on. So the students they will work full time on this uh, project that is given to them, and it's it's very exciting uh, for for these students to see how uh, math in general is being applied to uh, solving uh, industry related uh, problems. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um... Could we just hear a little bit about the major, the growth of the major? It sounded like uh, it's like really expanding a lot each year, the, the data science major. Yes, probably I'll just start off with a little bit of uh, data. Um, so we are the Department of Statistics and Data Science. So for the longest time, uh, we came out from the math department in 1998 or so. So it's been a while, I think uh, it's 25 years or so. So for the longest time, we had a statistics major, and, and that's uh, all we had. And then I think sometime in the year 2014-2015 or so, the university uh, encouraged us to think about uh, offering a major in data science and analytics because I think there's some sort of demand for people uh, who would be skilled in, in, uh, you know, in the concepts of statistics and then being able to do uh, you know, a good data work. And of course, that's really because uh, of, of the uh, big data era that came upon us. So in the year 2016 uh, July, correct me if I got the dates wrong, uh, Vic, we started off with the first batch of uh, 
data science and analytics major. It was a uh, direct uh, entry uh, program. So students actually applied directly to this program. So I think we started off with about 30 plus students. And then in the next year, we had 60 and then uh, 90. And then uh, I think in the fourth year and the fifth year, we hit about 160 and then uh, finally 200. So that, that was, these, these were the years where the, uh, students had to apply directly to this course. And uh, the figures really explode uh, in 2021 because there's a change in the uh, university system. So this particular DSA, uh, Data Science and Analytics major, became an open major where everyone who was in the College of uh, Humanities and Sciences, uh, they are able to declare that as a, as a major. So as of uh, probably about last week or so, we found that uh, for the uh, students who went, came in to the college uh, two years ago, we had close to about 400 majors. So, so at the second year right now, we have about uh, 380 students who declared uh, data science and analytics for their major. And then uh, for the first year students who came in last year, um, about 300 plus, but we, we figure that uh, students will probably be um, you know, be, uh, because the students can actually change the majors in the first uh, two years or so. So we figure that the second year figures are probably more stable. So that's the state that we are at now. Just a quick comment about how the major has been growing. I, I'm always telling David about, I'm wondering when the, the interest is going to plateau, you know, like when it's going to hit stationarity and all that, because you're always planning for growth, but it seems it isn't. Like when they switched from this closed course to an, to to anybody who can declare and choose the major, right? I thought it would be the same or not. I, I didn't expect this exponential growth. Yeah, it's really it's really quite interesting. And also another thing I observe is that how the students uh, go through their training. In the first few years, I remember they didn't do a lot of internships, but right now the bulk of them end up doing like two to three internships. I don't have the numbers, but Every time there is a evening class, about a quarter of the students are on a full-time internship. I'm going to guess that this this big scale of the data science major is a lot bigger than the statistics major was before it. And just, you know, thinking big picture, like how do you see teaching data science is different from teaching statistics? Right. Um, uh, definitely the data science and analytics major is much, much bigger than what we used to have to have for the statistics major. Um, the statistics major has uh, unfortunately suffered uh, quite a bit because of this um, uh, you know, new course in data science. We, we are looking at, uh, in, in the tens, I mean, uh, multiple tens, about 30 to 40 students for the statistics major. Uh, so that's one development. And uh, Eric, you, you might be aware, you spoke to Yu Ting and some colleagues from economics. So uh, that's, that's probably about six years after we started the Four years or five years after we started the data science and analytics program, we started the data science and economics uh, program as well. So it, it has uh, grown quite popular as well. Uh, we started off with about 40 over students. And uh, the latest batch we admitted uh, uh, last year was close to 90. And uh, just uh, two days ago, we, we had the open house. Uh, and uh, the data science and economics talks was uh, quite well attended. We, we expect that... Uh, the demand will be pretty sustained because this this combines the best of data data analytics and also economics, which I think it's uh, pretty popular actually. So uh, perhaps we you, you wanted to ask about uh, how this is different from 
teaching statistics. Um, the, the truth is I've not taught a data science class as yet, so perhaps Vic will be able to tell us a little bit more. But I, I do have some, 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 some opinion, of course, but perhaps uh, Vic will be the better person to answer this for a start. So what I feel has been a difference is that uh, there's a lot more coding involved in the data science and visualization classes that we cover, but that's very obvious, right? Um, but something that I, I realized is that when, we, when I taught statistics previously, right, maybe I was doing it wrong, but I used to kind of focus on the particular topic itself, right? Start from the basics, uh, uh, the assumptions behind a particular model, asymptotic distributions of statistics, and so on. But now in, in data science, I find that it has the students, what the students need is a more, uh, an ability to integrate different models, different techniques on their own. Like for instance, if they want to run a regression model, they also need to have understanding about how um, robust statistics work, how they can detect outliers, or, or how they can generate, um, or how they can derive their own link function or something like that. It has to be uh, combining maybe regression plus multivariate statistics techniques, a little bit of unsupervised to generate features and then do the regression. So there's a lot more integration of techniques that's demanded of them. I do agree. I make a very quick note. Uh, I, I think um, even in the uh, traditional, okay, maybe not the traditional, but in, in the uh, statistical uh, curriculum that we used to teach before data science and analytics, analytics came about. We, we do teach students how to code, you know, how to make use of packages to do stuff. But a lot of times, like what Vic mentioned, it, it is um, perhaps a, a, a data, set, data set that is being forced to be, uh, you know, used with a certain technique, right? Whereas yeah. when you uh, try to teach um, data science, uh, you, you are primarily starting off with the data set first. Your, your interest is try to uh, to, to beat the data so that it confesses something useful to you, right? So you you, you try to, to attack it in, in various directions. You you would think about among all the models, uh, theory that you know, which one makes the most sense, you know, to, to approach and, and to, uh, you know, uh, to, to, to model. So I, I would say that um, it's in a way not so different from the traditional statistical curriculum, just that now I think the starting point is really data rather than, uh, I have this theory. I'm trying very hard to to apply it somewhere, right? Like a uh, a uh, uh, theory looking for application somewhere, but now you are trying to look for a theory to be applied to the data set. So I I would I would say that, uh, what what Vic mentioned is very important, which is to to be able to uh int integrate and to link different uh, theories together, try to uh, understand uh, how things work. So that's one part, and of course, I think when it comes to data science. I think you also need to have a arsenal of tools that I'm talking about software and, and all those stuff, arsenal of tools. So you need to also understand what this particular tool is good for. So be between theory, you want to make links and then between tools, you also want to make links. And I, I would say also that between theory and date and tools, you also want to make link. And, and ultimately that will allow you to uh, make uh, you know good analysis of the data set. Or more importantly, probably the, the problem. I, I think we should start off with the problem rather than uh, the data set. So I think uh, that that's probably not very well said. So start start with the problem and then you, you have the data and then you think about what is the uh, 
theoretical tool that will work well. And of course, along the way, you find that there are other considerations. So that, that, that would be what I would say. Nice. You know, I think this is a good, this is a good like bridge to the next question that Vic, you told me you've been teaching this data science and practice course. And I think that you just sort of primed the pump there with this thing of like, in class, you get a data set that you know can do certain properties. And when you're in the data science and practice course, you, you like all bets are off. Like you don't know what the data set's going to do. Um, but anyways, tell us something about your data science and practice course. I know that's taking a lot of your time. Right, so so that's exactly right. You you really hit the the nail on the head. Uh, so when we in this data science in practice, that was one of the learning outcomes. That so we what happened was this course is a third year class. Students come in with some machine learning background, regression, linear algebra, coding in R or Python, and visualization. So this class is supposed to kind of cover the the tools and techniques that we don't have a dedicated course for. So when we wanted to run this class, right, we went to look at the internship feedbacks. So we tried to look at what the employers told us about the students, like what they did well, what they were missing. And we tried to pick out certain things that uh, we didn't cover in our curriculum and we tried to put it here. So for instance, what some of the employers would say is that students, they found some students to be a bit quiet. They weren't vocal enough to ask questions or ask the right questions, or that they weren't resourceful enough to solve a problem on their own, to learn something on their own and then solve it. And then some other employers would write that, or they need some software engineering skills, or they need to have some understanding of the machine learning pipeline or the data engineering pipeline. So in this class, we came up with a list of technical topics like Git for version control, Docker for deployment, um, writing some front ends. Uh, we got someone to run a, a quick design workshop on them to write UI and UX. And we taught them some basic tools on writing some basic uh, web applications. Uh, on the other side, the centerpiece of the class is a project. So we came up with projects for the different groups, but the projects have to be very vague and very open-ended, just like in practice, which will give, which will put them in a situation where they kind of feel lost. I don't really know which specific technique to use. Well, I don't really know what solution do you want. Uh, so they keep coming and asking me, so what do you want me to do? What should I do? But then I throw the question back to them. What do you think the user wants? Because we try to formulate each question with a user. Uh, there is someone who needs a problem solved. There's a vague idea or some initial data set. And then it's up to them to be resourceful, to learn what they need, to talk to someone. That's a primary uh, assessment. If they just send out like surveys, we don't um, rate that as well, but they need to talk to a human being to see how the solution can fit for them. Yeah, I think that's a really cool way to uh, to design a course because in the real world, a lot of data science is like stakeholder relations, knowing how to talk to people and figure out what they want. So it's really great that you guys are getting right into teaching them those really important industry skills that we tend not to be able to, you know, get practice with in school. And I remember you guys mentioned how you guys had a partnership of some sort or students really like mixing the data science major with the economics major. And I feel like that's also a really popular combination here. So I'd love to hear more about that collaboration or if you guys have any other important collaborations with other departments within NUS or other universities in Singapore. The program with Econs is a close collaboration because it is a double major program. And what happens is that they do the data science courses and they do the econs courses, but 
when the instructors teach this group of students, they can capitalize, they can take advantage of the fact that they know a random forest model or they know an econometrics model and, and try to get them to apply it in this context or, or try to modify it for this particular context. So that's a very important collaboration, even though the major is small. Um, other departments within NUS, uh, we don't really have very... Yeah. I, I should say that the data science uh, and the analytics major, it's also uh, co-hosted with the mathematics department. So uh, so uh, data science and analytics, the one that the, the big one that we're talking about is uh, jointly uh, offered by our department, statistics and data science, together with math. Of course, the students are also taking some classes with the School of Computing, the computer science uh, colleagues. So that's that's the three partners with the data science and analytics. And of course, for the data science and economics, then we have the economics uh, stu uh, uh, department involved as, as well. Um, like, like what Vic uh, pointed out, yes. Um, so these are the major departments that we work with in, in, in NUS. Um, we have not had any uh, contact with other universities in, in Singapore, uh, even though we understand that there are similar curriculums that are being offered uh, in the other universities in Singapore as well, actually. That's really cool to hear. Um, I'd actually love to take a bit of a pivot. And I remember that we might have touched on the university-wide data literacy course. Um, very briefly, you might have mentioned it. I'd love to hear if you've seen data science evolving or changing the nature of the university as you've maybe incorporated that course or if you see it changing how like the nature of the university as you incorporate it more university-wide um, that's a very good question um I, I will try to answer that a little bit um so so the data literacy course that i, I spoke about just now was uh, part of the core curriculum of the university so um, th there are various components. So data literacy is one of it. There's also a digital uh, literacy, which is a programming course. So um, as far as the university is concerned, we are trying to um, get the, the other majors, I mean, whichever major you, you are in, uh, as much as possible, we, we do encourage the departments to think about how they can build upon the foundation that was being laid for, for example, the data literacy course. So last year, there was some attempt, uh, there, there was some, uh, you know, considered uh, attempt to actually uh, let the departments know that, hey, this is what we do in this particular data literacy course as much as possible. Try to build upon that and uh, do not rebuild another foundation. I, I think what happened previously, I, and I guess what happens in a lot of places, universities, is that um, for example, the engineers might, might teach a, a course of uh, you know, data or statistics by their own and then uh, the, the social sciences, they will have a, uh, you know, a, a light version of how you do stats or how you do data science in, in their uh, curriculum. So we, we, we want to uh, move away from that all right? and, and that's why we, we reach out to the departments. Uh, so this, this course is actually hosted by the uh, the provost office, which is like the university uh, unit, so we, we we try to reach out to the various uh, departments in the university. So build on whatever we have set uh, as foundation, so that you 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 can't, uh, you know, you you do not have to build another foundation. So that's that's uh, probably more effective. Yeah. Yeah, that's really exciting to hear. And uh, Vic, 
I wanted to ask you if you had any advice for undergraduate students who want to do applied data science or want to get involved in data science research at some point. I think you have to be really interested in working with data if you want to do data science. Um, you shouldn't, okay, so this is just my advice. So it's a little biased, right? It comes from my point of view, but uh, I feel like to be a good data scientist, you really have to be interested in your data or in the problem that you're working on and you have to have a good belief that data can be used to solve it. So if, if I could give some advice, I would say, think of a problem or some, your daily routine, collect some data about it and see if you can improve it in some way. Not just um, get an app that collects the data on your own, like tracks your fitness or something, right? scratch it down by hand. When you do that, right, the numbers go through your hand and into your brain and you really absorb it. Explore some data set on your own, right? Collect it and try to use it to make some box plots by hand, right? And then you really get a feel for the data. Maybe this is too old fashioned, but I feel like it's like a check to see whether you really, really like working with data or not. But I think I don't have any other advice. I mean, I think data science is, is a really interesting topic. If you ask me what exactly data science is, I still can't answer the question. Um, but if you're interested in working with data and, and, and making decisions from it, go for it. That's great. I'm definitely going to give that a try. I'll try and uh, take down some data by hand one of these days and get some practice in. But um, we've come to the end of the interview. So I'd love to know if either of you guys had any parting thoughts or words of wisdom for other data science educators around the world. Yes, we, we, we were thinking that we, we were, uh, as a department, we are still exploring what seems to be the best way to 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 uh, make this curriculum work um, yeah. which 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 I think then uh, when Eric came visit us it was very useful interaction we found how things uh, were done in, yeah. in UCB um, I, I think maybe what we, we we try to do as a department is uh, we I, I guess we, we make the deliberate effort to try to talk to in industry practitioners and uh, we also try to bring in uh, industry practitioners. I think in uh, one of the other calls that Vic and a few other colleagues are teaching, we actually get people in the industry to co-teach a, 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 a class and uh, they can um, show the students uh, you know, how data science is being done in action. I think that's valuable. Um, yeah, yeah I, I guess that's, that's something that uh, we would say is a useful thing to to uh, explore, talking to people in the industry. Yeah. Perhaps Vic has uh, some other thoughts as well. No, I, I totally agree. I think um, a lot of our courses um, incorporate, use an adjunct lecturer or get an adjunct lecturer to come in. And this way, right, we really can provide some credibility to our course. That we're not just cooking up a syllabus or, because why would a student believe us, right? We're not working in the industry, but we have the adjunct lecturer. They can tell you, yes, this is used and this is how it's used. And these are other examples that really need credibility to what we're doing. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, so along this line, I think what we did last uh, summer, um, because we, we've been receiving feedback from uh, industry uh, partners, uh, when the students go out for internship, we typically talk to the, the host of, of the students. So they are saying that, oh, I, I think that would be good for these students to have some extra skills in, in this and that. So we also consulted with Vic and last year during the summer, we actually got uh, 
uh, a person who was wo working in, uh, I believe it was Tencent, and then he, after that he, he moved to Apple to, to come in and, and to teach uh, the students some uh, tools that are being uh, used rather commonly in, in the industry. So that was a, uh, a course that was offered outside of the syllabus, and the students signed out, out of their own uh, you know, accord. So I think that was a useful uh, uh, you know, ad hoc course that we, we ran for the students, and we are thinking of perhaps we can do it again uh, this summer. Nice. Thank you. Uh, it's really exciting all that you guys are doing. And so thanks for coming on and just, you know, giving us a little bit of description of the things you're building. It seems like, as Vic's saying, not saturated yet. We're still going up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Maybe that should be the wisdom, right? Don't, don't fret, don't panic. I'm sure people are, especially during COVID, right? We were being asked to roll out new courses or new combinations of courses. It was very overwhelming so i guess maybe the advice is take it easy relax just do your job and everything will be okay <laughs> that is great advice <laughs> yes thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day to speak with us thank you for having us thanks for listening to today's podcast if you're interested in learning more about data science education resources, please subscribe to our Substack to get notified when we release any future podcasts. And join our community Slack channel through the link provided in this episode's description. Thank you.